0: Academia's theory of a godless creation is absurd, especially their theory of evolution. The idea is that a mysterious Big Bang occurred, and out of basically nothing came inert, lifeless matter, itself a result of the nothingness explosion. Coupled with time and chance, this inert, lifeless matter then evolved into all of the marvels one sees. This so-called theory has always raised its share of eyebrows. The absurdity that this big, fortuitous explosion positioned us in space, in perfect proximity to the sun, moon, and stars. How about the the amazing, uh, life-protecting, unique-to-Earth ozone layer? The reality that we all fit so conveniently, perfectly, has raised additional eyebrows. The absurdity that the human brain, in all its majesty, somehow evolved out of this Big Bang, Or that the dinosaur is now a hummingbird, the water buffalo evolved into a whale, and your first cousin, the banana, has been relegated to second cousin to make room for your real first cousin, the mushroom? Well, that has the raised eyebrows propped up now with toothpicks. Some of evolution's poster children in a stupidity-shifting exercise have suggested that we may have been seeded from outer space— by some absolutely amazing genius upon genius being. That kind of sounds like God, don't you think? Are you ready for some sanity? Genesis 1-1, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, and it is easily provable beyond any reasonable doubt. Have you been born again, born a real second time, this time of the Spirit of God? Isn't it time to shed all the foolishness and absurdities and begin a brand new life built upon a sure foundation? Today all your sin and its shame will be expunged from your record. Today all of Satan's bondages will be broken no matter how big and bad they may seem. Today your soul is in your own hand. In mere moments, I will ask you to follow me in a simple prompt, and your response will dictate the rest of your life and even eternity. Remember, your soul is in your own hand. Here we go. Here's the prop. Click on the further with Jesus for childlike instructions and immediate entry into the kingdom of God. Now for today's subject. God said, First Timothy 3.16, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh justified in the Spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. God said, 1 John 3, 1-3, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and that it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. God said, First John chapter 1, verse 5, This then is the message, which we have heard of him, and declare unto you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. Man said, I know everything I need to know, and it certainly didn't come from your Christian Bible. I looked it up on my phone. You Bible-thumpers need to get on with it. You do know this is the 21st century, don't you? Oh, oh oh, oh where's my phone? I can't find my phone. What do I do now? I'm lost without my phone. Help me. <laughs> Foolishness. Now the record. This is the fifth feature in the God Said, Man Said series, Seven Greatest Mysteries for a Man to Know. Godliness is the mystery, as defined in First Timothy 3.16, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. Godliness is simply defined as God-likeness, or even more simply, becoming one with God's Word. This is a very defined process by which godliness is accomplished. The process begins at the place Jesus calls born again in John three three. Born again is the first mystery in this series, and it is the greatest mystery and the greatest miracle of all time as far as the sons and daughters of Adam are concerned. Everything in the faith revolves around this marvelous event that can only be spiritually understood, for it is not of this world. Born again is not joining a physical church. Born again is not turning over a new leaf, but a new and very real, even everlasting life. Born again begins in a miracle. If you are yet to be born again, the information in this feature will be incomprehensible. But to the bloodbomb, it will be magnificent, childlike revelation. At born again, the sonship that was lost to us as a result of Adam and Eve's sin is restored unto us in the last Adam, First Corinthians fifteen forty-five. Jesus Christ the righteous, the only begotten Son of God. The mystery of godliness begins in Genesis one twenty-six and 27. And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Our parents, Adam and Eve, cast off God's word, and the results were deadly. They lost their immortality and died the second death, the very day they ate of the forbidden fruit. They were booted out of paradise, and as an additional consequence, their children were spiritually stillborn. In Adam, we lost the spiritual image and likeness of God, but it is restored in the image and likeness of Jesus Christ, which as believers we are required to put on. Once one is born again, the true evolution begins. I cannot emphasize this enough. Born again means born a literal second time, this time of the Spirit of God, and it comes with a new Father, a new name, a new eternal purpose, and a new power to progress, grow, and live in godliness. It even comes with a birth certificate that is recorded in the Lamb's Book of Life, Revelation 20, verse 15. This is not just church talk. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. This is the place where the evolution of godliness begins. Born again. Terminologies employed in God's Word are childlike and laden with keys to the mysteries, just like born again simply means born a second time. From the day of your salvation, the death of the carnal nation begins and godliness grows. Consider some of these terminologies. Quickened. Quickened means to make alive. Remember, we were sold in sin from conception. Psalms 51.5, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Ephesians 2, verse 1, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. This is born again, where new life begins. Godliness is now begun. What a baptism. Romans chapter 6, uh, verses 3 and 4. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father— even so we also should walk in newness of life we go down into a watery grave of full immersion where we bury the sinful nature and arise in the name of jesus christ and godliness is the outcome which is known as putting on the mind of christ whose name is the word of god revelation 19:13 mortification romans 8:13 for if ye live after the flesh ye shall die But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. Colossians 3, 5. Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. To mortify your members is to put to death the desires of the senses that are contrary to God's directives, and as we do that, godliness abounds take up your cross, Matthew ten thirty eight, and he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. The cross is the place to die. And as we take up our own cross and follow Christ, we arrive at Calvary just as our master did. As we die to self, we put on the magnificent mind of Christ, and this again is godliness in progress. When born again, which is the beginning of godliness, godlikeness, we become new creatures, and the results of this transformation are multifaceted, and certainly measurably, spiritually, and at the cellular level. These transformations are powerful, spiritual transformations that have eternal, excuse me, and temporal, physical benefits and manifestations, and they are not merely cosmetic. The following excerpts are from the God Said, Man Said feature, The Seven Greatest Miracles for a Man to Know, Part 1. The changes that take place beginning at born again, which is the beginning of godliness, are not cosmetic but deep and everlasting transformations. In neuroscience, it has been discovered that those given to deep spiritual meditations experience actual physical changes in the brain structure— the science has titled Neuroplasticity, and note these physical changes are a result of spiritual activity. The following excerpts are from the God Said, Man Said feature, Meditation Rebuilds Gray Matter in Eight Weeks. Today's neuroscientists have arrived at the book, God's Word Speaks of the Brain and the Renewing of the Mind that Transforms or Causes the Changing of Form a concept neuroscience now knows as neuroplasticity. Dr. Andrew Newberg, whose list of accreditations is long, and M. R. Waldman, co-author of the book How God Changes Your Brain, write about the amazing phenomenon that occurs when one meditates and focuses thought on God. Contemplating God will change your brain, but I want to point out that meditating on other grand themes will also change your brain. If you contemplate the Big Bang or immerse yourself in the study of evolution or choose to play a musical instrument for that matter, you'll change the neural circuitry in ways that enhance your cognitive health. But religious and spiritual contemplation changes your brain in a profoundly different way because it strengthens a unique neural circuit that specifically enhances social awareness and empathy while subduing destructive feelings and emotions. This is precisely the kind of neural change we need to make if we want to solve the conflicts that currently afflict our world. And the underlying mechanism that allows these changes to occur relates to a unique quality known as neuroplasticity, the ability of the human brain to structurally rearrange itself in response to a wide variety of positive and negative events End of quote. Today's concept of neuroplasticity confirms perfectly Romans twelve one and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly accept- acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world— but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Notice that the mind is renewed, transformed, which means to change form. James 1.18, Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of firstfruits of his creatures. The born-again have been changed. The big news in the field of neuroscience is that the brain is plastic. It changes from over time, and words and experiences are central to this process. Thousands of years before neuroscience was even conceived, God declares this principle over and over again in His Word. The godly renewing of the mind, making new the mind, actually transforms your entire being, mind, heart, body, soul, and spirit. This process, through a very dramatic, life-changing experience, is what Jesus Christ calls born again. The words of God renew the mind, and we are transformed. Webster's 1828 American Dictionary of the English Language defines transform to change the form of, to metamorphose. metamorphose. Metamorphose is defined to change into a different form. Again, Webster defines it in theology as follows, change the natural disposition and temper of a man from a state of enmity war uh, to God and his law into the image of God or into a disposition and temper conform to the will of God end of quote the call to put on the mind of Christ to put on his words is the call to be transformed into the likeness of God God changes our entire being with words his this is the mystery of godliness at work So neuroscience now understands that the brain can be transformed. The Word of God, the foundation of all that is true, proclaimed this revelation thousands of years ago. Proofs of the born-again experience are on display in the instantaneous and continuous changes that take place. We are not talking about turning over a new leaf, nay, but a new life. Born-again will dramatically change a life. Consider a few examples that demonstrate the mystery of godliness at work. 1. The new birth is so real, it begins with a new father, God, and a new name, Revelation 2.17 and 3.12. The father gives his name to his children. We are his namesake, and consequently, all God's children are brothers and sisters. We often address one another this way. 2. The physical man eats food. The spiritual man eats words. Job twelve eleven. Doth not the ear try words, and the mouth taste his meat? Jesus is the bread that came down from heaven. John chapter six verses thirty one through thirty five. Signs of redemption would include a hunger to read and hear God's word, a hunger to fellowship with like minded brothers and sisters, and a hunger to attend a Bible believing church. Number three new entertainment will be sought. When I first gave my life to Christ, a young unsaved lady asked me what I did for fun. I told her I read the Bible, went to church several times a week, sang praises unto God, fellowship with the saints, and witnessed to the lost sons and daughters of Adam. She looked at me incredulously. I gave her this example. If you went to the funeral parlor and placed a beautifully prepared pot roast dinner under the nose of the deceased, you would get no response. However, if you placed that same dinner under the nose of a construction worker who stopped to pay his respect on his way home, he would dig right in. This lady was not born again. She was dead in trespasses and sins. The joys of the saved are 180 degrees out from the pleasures of sin. Number 4. The Bible becomes the born-again's entire authority on living. It will direct how I talk, my vocabulary changes, how I spend my money, how I work, the spouse I choose, the friends I keep, the career I choose, how I rear my children, even how and what I eat and drink. The words of our Father become the final authority. Number five, a believer's love for God and His kingdom will grow and bloom into a beautiful bouquet. Number six, the ministry of reconciliation. Second Corinthians five nineteen is delivered unto the born again, where they seek out the lost souls of men to bring them unto redemption and usher them into the kingdom of God. Godliness is a progression. End of yes, it is true that unless Jesus Christ returns and we meet Him in the clouds, First Thessalonians chapter four, we will all die the first death. But Hallelujah, we will not die the second. The benefits of godliness are abundant life here, full of hope, love, and promise, and eternal life across the divide. Jesus said in John 10.10, 10, The thief cometh not but forth to steal, and to kill, and to destroy. I am come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. The following excerpts are from the God Said, Man Said feature, Don't Feed the Devils. Watch godliness at work. Watch what happens to your body when prayer, a major tool in the process of godliness, is employed. Stress is a killer, and God's plan for shifting stress is truly life and life more abundantly. Coming unto God in prayer and mixing the Word of God with faith yields phenomenal results. Concerning prayer, a subhead in a March 2006 article in the magazine First reads, The Silent Dialogue proven to reduce stress hormone levels by 40% and melt away 36% more body fat. The following is an excerpt from that article. To understand the mechanism behind the miracle, we turn to world-renowned expert Harry G. Coning, M.D. of Duke University and co-author of The Healing Power of Prayer, Baker Books, 2003. An ongoing dialogue with a higher power calms the amygdala the brain's stress serenity command center, he explains. It also increases activity of the brain's soothing alpha waves. This prevents the adrenal glands from releasing a flood of harmful cortisol. In fact, a study from the Chimane Institute of Health Science in Japan found that this type of calming activity reduced cortisol by up to an astounding 40%. That can translate into major weight loss, maintains Sean Talbot, Ph.D., author of The Cortisol Connection, Hunter House, 2002. In my research, those who reduced cortisol by 20% lost nine times more weight, including 18% more body fat and 9% more belly fat, end of quote. The mega-studies have been tabulated regarding the benefits of attending church. Those who attend church at least twice per week live 11% longer, or about eight additional years. That's 2,920 more days where you are sick less often and enjoy faster recovery time should you get sick. Godliness produces life and life more abundantly, just like King Jesus said. The end result of the mystery of godliness is positively, absolutely staggering. Stay tuned in. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 18, But the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. I like to think of the path of the just as Route 7, North Obedience. Each day we travel 20 miles north towards the light source, Jesus Christ, the light of the world, John 8, verse 12. Each day we grow brighter and refract Christ's light to those who, who we encounter along the way. When the born-again finally reach the end of the road, and it surely does end, they will meet Jesus Christ, and we will become as he is. 1 John 3, 1-3, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. This, saints, is the progression of godliness. How about Psalm 17, verse 15? As for me, I will behold thy face in righteousness, I shall be satisfied when I awake with thy likeness. Here, the mystery of godliness is completed. Remember, his likeness, which is complete godliness, is of another sort. Consider these bullet points. Jesus Christ is the Lord of glory, 1 Corinthians two eight, Glory is the illuminating light of life. Jesus asked the Father to restore unto him the glory he had with him before the world was John 17:5 The son itself is ashamed in his presence Isaiah 24:23 Christ will destroy the wicked at the soon to come battle of Armageddon with the brightness of his coming 2 Thessalonians 2:8 The wicked are reduced to ashes at his coming Malachi chapter 4 verse 3 the rocks are molten under his feet nahum chapter 1 verse 5 and jesus had this to say concerning satan in luke 10:18 and he said unto them i beheld satan as lightning fall from heaven revelation 12:4 has what appears to be a direct reference to the fallen angels who follow satan and his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them down to the earth and the dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born, Revelation twelve seven through 9, and there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels, and prevailed not. Neither was their place found any more in heaven, and the great dragon was cast out. That old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world, he was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. When we see Jesus, 1 John chapter 3, verse 2 tells us, we shall be like him. The Lord Jesus now sits on the right hand of the Father as the Lord of glory, the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world, John chapter 1, verse 9. So how do the redeemed participate in this likeness, this godliness? I must reiterate, the full revelation of the mystery of godliness is truly staggering. Consider these verses and what a plain childlike reading declares. Keep in mind, during your consideration, they are, of course, literal. Colossians chapter 1, verses 12 through 13. Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son. The inheritance of the saints is light in every aspect of the word. Revelation 22, 5, And there shall be no night there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun. For the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. Matthew thirteen forty three. Then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father, who hath ears to hear, let him hear. Daniel chapter 12, verse 3 And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars for ever and ever. 1 John chapter 1, verse 5 This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. God is light, and godliness, godlikeness, will require similar godly attributes. Jesus said that the redeemed are the light of the world. I thought it interesting that science has measured the energy which is a product of light, and each cell of your body you have two-tenths of a volt of electricity. When multiplied by every cell in the body, each human contains the power of a lightning bolt. Saints, prepare for a serious upgrade in light. First Timothy 3.16, and without controversy, Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up in the glory. This same process that played out in Christ's life plays out in the lives of his servants. Street-level attributes of practicing godliness would include things like not leaving dirty dishes in the sink. If God wouldn't leave dirty dishes in the sink, then you doing so is ungodly. Picking up your clothes, making your bed each morning, shaking off the world's fears. The mystery of godliness plays out in the lives of the born-again in so many marvelous ways. Imagine, the inheritance of the saints in light is how eternity begins. God said, First Timothy 3.16, and without controversy— Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up in the glory. God said, John 1, 3, 1 through 3, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. God said, 1 John chapter 1, verse 5, This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. Man said, I know everything I need to know, and it certainly didn't come from your Christian Bible. I looked it up on my phone. You Bible thumpers need to get on with it. You do know this is the 21st century, don't you? Uh Uh-oh, uh-oh, where's my phone? I can't find my phone. What do I do now? I can't live without my phone. Now you have the record.